This morning's scripture text comes to us from Exodus 16, beginning at verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill the whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. And that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. By the power of your Holy Spirit, O God, Allow us to find ourselves in this great sacred drama that you have had and do have and will continue to have with your people. We ask it in the name of the Savior, the Word made flesh. Amen. When the Hebrews left Egypt, they were chasing a vague promise of freedom something they knew nothing about for the last 400 years. And there was a vague dream of a better life and vague talk about going to a land filled with milk and honey. But what exactly does that mean? The process for leaving Egypt was also vague to the Hebrew people. There was no voting. No one even asked the people if they wanted to leave Egypt, actually. And along the way in the journey, there were vague reassurances that they would would survive the journey. God would sustain them along the way. Great, but where exactly is the food and water? And God traveled with the people along the way, but in a cloud. Clouds are vague. So God is not tangible along the way in this journey. Vague is not our favorite adjective. When you knock yourself out to write a term paper and you get it back and see the word vague (laughs) scrawled across the top in red, you're not affirmed. (laughs) And when you call your parents to announce that you're getting married, and they ask about your financial plans. They're not reassured to hear you say, love will find a way. When presidential candidates respond to specific questions about how they will address the issues of injustice and violence in our country, we roll our eyes when they say, well, I think it's time that we make a change. Too vague. And we hate 
receiving vague threats of violence in social media that are meant only to scare us. Vague does scare us. It certainly bothers us. Throughout this wilderness sojourn, it's clear that this chasing that which was vague was very dissettling to the Hebrew people. We don't care for it either. We are a data-driven society. We trust measurable metrics. We like outcomes assessment. We like strategies, numbers, plans with lots of details to them. I do. I believe in plans. I actually believe planning is a faithful act of discipleship. A big part of my job is to make plans. Plans for addressing the problems of our community here. Plans for celebrating the blessings God has given us this day. Plans for achieving the dreams we have for tomorrow. When the trustees arrive on campus tomorrow, they don't want me to stand before the board and simply say, hey, it's all good. <laughs> oh, no. No, they want critical analysis, lots of data, dashboards, charts, and they want to review specific strategies for how we will move ahead. That's their job. That's what they're supposed to be asking for. None of us can get through the day without a plan. You got a plan when you're going to get up. You got a plan what you're going to get done in the course of the day. You got a plan to get to class. You got a plan to get to the library. You got a plan to get that midterm paper done. You... A week from Thursday, some of you. <laughs> You've got to make plans for how you're going to be with your friends, when you're going to eat, how you're going to get your laundry done, how you get your car fixed. It all involves planning. The Bible is filled with people who receive a call from God and then they start making plans for how they will respond to it. Let's see, we're going to go to Athens and we've got to get to Corinth. And we... Planning. It's all spiritual activity, I think. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to be spontaneous. The Spirit also knows how to plan ahead. I know I'm sounding very Presbyterian, but I believe these things. <laughs> but, 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 but. As we approach our text today, we are reminded that the journey from the Red Sea to the Promised Land was very formative to the Hebrews in understanding their life with God. And so should it be formative for ours. And from the very early steps along the way in the journey, it became very clear to the Hebrews that they were not in control of the journey. So while we prayerfully make our plans, that means we always hold them with open hands. Because what we care about the most is, is not our plans, but God's plans. And God's plans are only revealed along the way on the journey. But God is aware of our anxiety about vagueness. So God provides for the Hebrews 
an extraordinary grace called the manna. The bread that rained down from heaven was not vague. It was tangible. It was daily. It came from the hand of God. It wasn't much, just enough to take the next step on the journey. And so does the manna persevere for us as a way in which God provides for us along the way in that journey, with, and provides for us in ways that are tangible, specific, touchable, measurable even. Blessings that are rained down each day for us. And we will not survive our journey with God unless we know how to receive this daily blessing called the manna. It shows up in ways that we can't see precisely because we're often more devoted to our plans than we are to the manna. And that's a recipe for starving your soul. But remember, the translation of the Hebrew word manna is, what is it? Which means that even the questions are a blessing from God. These are not the questions we ask ourselves or each other, like, What kind of plans do I need to make next to respond to my calling? No, these are the questions that we ask of God. What is it, O God, that you are asking me to do? What is it? That's what the manna says. What is it? What is it that you are doing to me? What is it of which I need to repent? What is it? that is filled with the the wonder and the mystery for which my soul actually yearns. The Torah, Hebrew poetry, the prophets all provided heaven's responses to this persevering question. And the questions continue all the way through John chapter 6 where Jesus identifies himself as the bread from heaven. What could be a more tangible expression of the gracious love of God than the flesh and blood reality of the incarnation? And in Christ Jesus, we discover that this was was God's plan all along to reveal the word of God, the word that was with God, the word that was God from the beginning. This was God's plan. Now we see. For Christians, this means that our daily question now is, what is it that Jesus is asking me to do today? What is it that Jesus is doing to me today? But again, the revelation, the, the, the response of Jesus to, this, to these questions, they don't come all at once. Call is never discerned in a moment for all time. No, it comes as manna. The call is unveiled along the way, day after day. So yes, why we prayerfully and humbly 
and faithfully, as an act of faithful obedience, make our plans. Let us also plan to be even more attentive to the Savior who is journeying with us. And this risen, ascended Savior is rather unpredictable and loves mystery. So with open hands, we smile when plans are interrupted because it's just another evidence that the Savior is near. Today, you may have only a vague sense that Jesus is calling you to do something. That's okay. Because vague is always the doorstep to wonder. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.